and welcome to A Word for This Day podcast. I'm Jory Schaefer, the show's host and creator, and it is my joy and my pleasure to welcome you today. Welcome back to all you regular listeners. I'm so thankful that you are here. Welcome to anyone who's here for the first time. I'm so thankful that you found this podcast, and I'm just excited for us to be together and think about God's Word today. I've prayed for you. I continue to pray for you regularly that the Lord will draw you closer to Him and that He will give you more of a desire to know Him and His Word. Even though I don't know who all of you are, He knows who you are. And I want to just encourage you to um, be intentional and deliberate about thinking about Him and focusing on Him day after day after day. Have a memory verse you're working on. Uh, have a Bible study or small group study that you're working on. Uh, read His Word. Slow down and read it. And just read and study and then live and share what you're learning. And it makes such a difference, friends. It makes such a difference in our day-to-day walk. Will it make everything easy with no trouble? No, because Jesus has told us in this world we'll have trouble. But He said, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. And it makes such a difference if we walk through it in Him because He gives us His strength and uh, His guidance by His Holy Spirit and the things that we need to be able to uh, be victorious. And uh, I'm just so thankful, so thankful for His Word and so thankful that we can all share this together. I'm thankful that He's given us this written Word. Um, You know, I think about the people um, in the first century and even before who didn't really have what we have, uh, but he's loved us so that he's allowed us to have this at this time, and so we mustn't take that for granted. Please uh, consider sharing this podcast with friends, family, neighbors, strangers, just anyone who you think may also receive a blessing from it. And know that I love to hear from you. So if you feel so lit, send me a message sometime and let me know what the Lord's doing in your life as you're spending more time with Him. Well, our verse for the day for February the 16th, 2024, comes from the letter of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 16 And it reads as follows from the English Standard Version. But avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness. Oh, dear. What was he talking about with this irreverent babble? Um, There's just so much that we can learn here. And um, it goes back to our, our tongue, our mouth, our heart what our focus is, and I'm just so excited for us to think about these things that we find in this word today. We know that we are back in 2 Timothy, and we know that the Apostle Paul wrote that because the beginning of this letter says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Remember that Paul wrote uh, 13 of the 27 letters that we have in the New Testament, letters or books, I should say, and uh, God just used him mightily. He took him from someone who was a Pharisee, who was a very zealous religious person, who just followed rules and uh, was more concerned with the outward appearance than the inward appearance. And God graciously just changed his direction of his life 
and then used him mightily to share the good news of the gospel. And I just love it. I love that Paul was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write these letters that we have um, because God gave him such insight and such a message into this mystery, this mystery of the gospel that uh, salvation is for everyone who will believe for everyone. It wasn't just for a, a chosen group based on who your earthly parents were. It could be for everyone, no matter what you had been through. And I'm just so thankful, so thankful that God loved us so that he made a way for all of us to be saved. What a blessing. And so we know that um, Paul wrote this, and he's writing to Timothy who was uh, one that had just worked so closely with him. And Paul calls both him and Titus his children in the faith. And uh, Timothy and Titus both worked with the Apostle Paul very closely. And Paul wrote letters to them called uh, that are known as the pastoral letters. Young Timothy and Titus were... Um, pastors, Paul would send them to uh, help start churches and lead churches and direct churches and how things should be done as they planted churches here and there. And so the letters that Paul wrote to both Timothy and Titus are are encouragement for um, these workers. And so I'm so thankful for that. We um, see that Paul does like he does in many of his letters. He gives his credentials at the beginning. He says, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. And he was appointed by Jesus. He was on that Damascus road on his way to continue to persecute Christians. And Jesus um, graciously met him on that Damascus road. And as I mentioned, it just changed the trajectory of his life, changed his plan. And um, he was appointed to be a messenger of this gospel. He was not in that original apostle group. If you're new to, to Bible study, uh, like the, the 12 apostles that Jesus chose from his disciples, the ones who walked with Jesus uh, during Jesus's earthly ministry. Now, Paul met uh, Jesus after Jesus had been resurrected. And he talks about in his letters that he just wanted to know um, more of that crucified Christ because because of what Jesus did for us on the cross, because he died for us on the cross, because he laid down his life for us to pay the penalty that each and every one of us owe for our sins. Because of that, we can have eternal life with no fear of condemnation, with no fear when we stand in judgment because Jesus is our advocate and he's paid that price already. Um, but it's only no fear if we have accepted that free gift of salvation, that free gift, that grace that he's given and that we follow the Lord Jesus. And so I just love it that Paul opens up and reminds us about why he can know this. He knew it exactly. He knew it firsthand. He had been taken from someone who was a blasphemer and an opponent and a persecutor and uh, turned into uh, and changed completely into one who shared the love of Jesus and shared the gospel. And he's writing to Timothy. It's thought that this is uh, probably the last letter 
that Paul wrote, that he was writing this, that he knew that his departure was at hand, that he knew that he was going to be martyred very soon. And so he's given the young Timothy um, final instructions and encouragement to continue the work. And I just love that. I love what he does. He loved Timothy so much. Uh, we read about Timothy uh, first meeting Paul uh, back in the book of Acts, and you can hop over there sometime. You can read about Paul's conversion in Acts chapters 9, 22, and 26, and then you can read about uh, Timothy uh, and Paul's meeting with him in the beginning of Acts chapter 16, and we also read about uh, in this second Timothy letter about Paul um, just being so thankful for Timothy's heritage. And I want you to hear this because I love this part. Paul says in Second uh, Timothy chapter 1, verse 4, he says, I, As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you. Um, Timothy's faith had been, uh, he had, this faith had been shared with him by his mother and his grandmother, and he had a sincere faith, and Paul was able to see that. And I love that he mentions that because that just reminds me how important it is for us to pass down our faith, to share our faith with our physical children and then our spiritual children, our friends, just anyone, and uh, so that they could see just how that faith has walked out. We don't do it on anything of our own. It's all by God's Holy Spirit working within us. And Paul had reminded Timothy something to that effect in the verse right after he uh, talked to him about his grandmother and his mother in First Timothy, I'm sorry, Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, where he says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which was in you through the laying on of my hands, for God has given us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but sharing suffering for the gospel by the power of God who saved us and called us to a holy calling. You know, Paul was so trying to encourage Timothy. He knew things were going to get more and more difficult. And, um, he reminded Timothy that he wasn't ashamed, that Paul was not ashamed of the gospel because he knew, uh, he says, I know whom I have believed and I'm convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Paul knew that no matter what difficulties may lie ahead, he trusted in what Jesus had said. He trusted that he had eternal life. He believed God and he knew that the gospel was the power of God for salvation to all who would believe. And so he's really just giving these final words, you know, and trying to encourage. And in this beginning of chapter two, leading up to our verse for the day, he's reminding Timothy, um, it's just those last things. He says, you then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. I just love that. We are strengthened by his grace. We're strengthened by knowing just that wonderful gift that he's given us, that gift of grace, that gift of salvation, that gift of forgiveness 
goodness and we are strengthened with the strength that comes from that not anything of ourselves but that allows us to push through and he's saying and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also he was again encouraging timothy as he shared uh, with others and as he was choosing leaders and he was as he was passing down the truth of this gospel he says sharing suffering as a good soldier of christ jesus no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since it, his aim is to please the one who enlisted him and i just love that I, i'm trying to get to our verse for the day but oh all of this is so rich but if you think about what we learned about yesterday about not loving the world or the things of the world because those things are passing away this is very uh very much in step with that even though it was written by a different human author the same holy spirit inspired it um no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits so if we're a soldier of christ um we're not going to be entangled in the things of the world we're going to be focusing on him um it says no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him an athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules it is the hard-working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops think over what i say for the lord will give you understanding in everything remember jesus christ risen from the dead the offspring of david as preached in my gospel for which i am suffering bound with chains as a criminal but the word of god is not bound oh i just love that no matter what happens to believers physically here god's word is not bound jesus is still victorious we still have victory in him this life is short uh, but eternity is forever and ever and we have that to look forward to with him he says therefore i endure everything for the sake of the elect that they may also or that they also may obtain the salvation that is in christ jesus with eternal glory the saying is trustworthy for if we have died with him we will also live with him if we endure we will also reign with him if we deny him he also will deny us if we are faithless he remains faithful for he cannot deny himself and then right here uh, leading up to our verse for the day in verse 14 remind them now what he's talking about when he says remind them it's those people those men that he's um uh training so paul is telling timothy when you choose these men when you are teaching these people remind them of these things remind them of these things and charge them before god not to quarrel about words which does no good but only ruins the hearers do your best to present yourself to god as one approved a worker who has no need to be ashamed rightly handling the word of truth and then here's our verse for the day but avoid irreverent babble for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness and i'm going to read just past it and their talk will split spread like gangrene um, and he gives a couple of examples so see what he's doing here see what paul's doing um he's saying when you are um teaching when you are choosing these leaders in the churches when you are passing down the truth of this gospel and you're entrusting this gospel uh, with others who are going to um, 
have character and integrity and who are going to follow Christ, remind them um, not to quarrel about words, you know, not to uh, get into little nitpicky things, um, which does no good, but only ruins the hearers. And, you know, this just so reminds me about philosophers in this day and those who um, just pick apart everything, not to understand it, but to try to tear it apart. Does that make sense? Uh, They'll look at things like theologians who claim to be theologians, but they're really, um, they're not following the things of God. They're more trying to pick it apart and see how it could fit into the world standards or that sort of thing. He says, remind them not to quarrel about words, which does no good, but only ruins the hearers. And think about a lot of our academic institutions today. Many of those were started as Places where people would come, where men would come to be trained in sharing um, the gospel and knowing more of the Bible. Many of them were started as seminaries. And then as those worldly um, uh, mindsets crept in, and oh, don't we see that now? But as that crept in over time, they got farther and farther and farther away from God because they're relying more on man's wisdom than God's wisdom. We always need to go back to what we we know is true, which is God's word, and uh, humbly ask for his Holy Spirit to help us. It's his spirit, his Holy Spirit, that guides us in all truth, not our human wisdom, not all our understanding. And then he reminds Timothy, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. It is so important when we are living out our faith, when we are sharing the gospel, when we are sharing the word, that we look at the the context, that we handle it rightly. We cannot, as humans, do that on our own. It cannot be that we say, oh, I've come up with this great new idea. No, every bit of understanding, every bit of discernment, every bit of any uh, ability for us to understand. And we talked about this just a few days ago when we were in Corinthians about how the natural person cannot discern or understand the things of God. It has to be from God's Holy Spirit that does that. We can't understand this. Any of this understanding comes from him alone. And the way we rightly handle that word of truth is only by his grace and only by his spirit. And he's reminding them to do that. And he's saying, avoid irreverent babble for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness. Oh, friends, we see this in our world today. We see this, unfortunately, in people who claim to be uh, leaders in the church and in like really famous uh, worldly type churches, um, this irreverent babble where they do not acknowledge the sovereignty of God, the inerrancy of Scripture, meaning that Scripture is without error. It is the true Word of God, um, breathed out by God, and profitable for teaching, correction, reproof, and training in righteousness, that the man of God may be 
complete, equipped for every good work. When they come back with this irreverent babble, meaning not holding reverence for it, and say, oh, well, that, this part of Scripture is an allegory, or that was just a fable, or Jesus really, even though he didn't say this was a parable, he meant this is a parable, so we don't really have to apply it, or um, this part of God's Word doesn't really apply to us in this culture today, that is irreverent babble, and it leads people into more and more ungodliness, and it will spread like gangrene, just like Paul says here. And so how do we guard against that? Well, we must pay much a close, much closer attention to what we've heard, lest we drift away from it. We have to be in the Word. We have to spend time in the Word. We have to read God's Word, study God's Word, live it out, and share it. We can't take anyone else's um, opinion for it. I, I wholeheartedly strive to handle God's Word of truth rightly as I'm sharing with you what I'm learning as I study. Um, but always go back to the Word yourself. Always read it yourself. Um, that's why I put the scripture references in there that I talk about. I want you to read it. We mustn't always take everybody else's word for it. If God has given you the ability to read and the ability to understand, please look at it yourself as well. And in doing that, you can hide that word in your heart so that you may not sin against him. You can hold it as a gold standard. So when people come at you with that irreverent babble, you will say, oh no, that's not what the word says. That wasn't the correct context. And that's why it's so important for us to do context. So I just want to encourage you in your study. And you can understand it if the Holy Spirit is within you. If you are a believer, you've been sealed with that Holy Spirit. And uh, we can understand this by with God's help and by his grace and because he allows us to discern it. And so I just want to um, encourage you. May we stay away from irreverent babble and foolish talk and coarse joking as he talks about in other places. May we hold fast to the truth that's in his word. Blessings to you, friends. Until next time.